Hey everyone, welcome to the Elemental Awakening Show. Today I'm super excited. I got an interesting guest. His name is Lee Davy, also known as the Modern Day Samurai. Um, before we get into Lee, I'm going to get to explain a bit about who he is, how he got that name, and what he's doing. You know, if you like this podcast, please help us to share it, spread the word around, click like, subscribe, um, and just send some comments. Let us know what you like and um, if there's anyone specific you want to interview. So, Lee, welcome to the show. Thanks, Giovanni. I'm uh, super excited to be here. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, thank you. I'm glad. I'm excited to have you here. Um, I think we got connected by a mutual friend who um, knew we were both traveling down to Costa Rica frequently and said, you guys need to connect. We ended up finding out we ended up living not too far from each other, um, coming from the Toronto area um, originally. Um, but yeah, tell us you know, who you are, what you're doing, how you got the name The Modern Day Samurai. I'm super curious, <laughs> the story behind that. And uh, we'll, take it, we'll take it from there. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so for me, it's, it's interesting. My, my journey, um, which I didn't know was a journey back then, but started almost 30 years ago. I was like 14, 15 years old. And, and uh, I actually wrote, it, it started in the, you know, quote unquote, this physical realm where, you know, we're, we're told that everything we perceive through our senses, that that's kind of all there is. And I just remember thinking, really, like this, it doesn't resonate. There's no there's no level of truth with it. And, and I started asking questions really early on and, and uh, that whole journey, you know, really led me into firstly nutrition and, and training of the body. And then it was like supplementation and, and uh, you know, um, nutraceuticals and, and then that led into, you know, meditations and martial arts and, and uh, plant medicines I've done, uh, I know you're a fan of, of ayahuasca and I've done probably about 50 ayahuasca ceremonies and, um, and now into, you know, you mentioned, uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza. So I'm, I'm a huge fan of his work. I, I study, uh, you know, kind of the, the neuroscience of, of beliefs, habits, patterns, and the science of change. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, a couple of years ago, anytime I kind of, I guess, develop anything or, write anything I, I receive them essentially as downloads I wrote my first book in about six weeks um, called Conscious Endeavor and, and um, this moniker modern day samurai kind of popped into my consciousness and I'm like that's pretty interesting I, I didn't really do anything with it for for a while and then um, a couple of years ago I'm like I started researching for another book that I'm, I'm writing called modern day samurai and I felt like it was you know, the, the, the old, the samurai of old, you know, how they, they were, they were obviously warriors and they're very, very disciplined. And yet they were, um, philosophers, artists, poets, you know, they, they walked with a nobility and integrity. And I'm like, you know, that's the disciplines that I incorporate from breath work to meditation, to plant medicine, um, to ice baths, which, uh, I know you're, uh, uh, Wim Hof instructor as well. So it's, it's like all these tools and, and perspectives. It's like, wow, that's really, you know, the way that I try to live my life. And I thought it'd be kind of a fun, uh, fun moniker to have as, as well. And, um, and so it's, it's more about the philosophy, you know, obviously we're not preparing for battle or anything like that anymore, but it's, it's, it's kind of become my way of life. And, and what I, you know, really wish to share with people is like, yeah, we can, we can be strong, especially as men, right? And, you know, I think we're, we're taught, 
in society that we've got to be strong and silent and you know you don't say much and you're not really connected to your feelings or at least you don't express your feelings um but i feel like it's all of that it's the discipline it's the nobility it's the honor it's the integrity it's you know kind of a new age renaissance really you know of, of like I, let's i really resonate with that and i think a lot of people are starting to sort of feel that you know that that modern conscious man archetype what does that look like and i think the samurai is a great example that we can embody more. And I see these men's groups popping up everywhere and they're looking for direction. You know, how do I um, be a man and be strong, but also be able to share my emotions and the way that I feel and express myself. So I think it, that's a, a great example. And maybe the war isn't the war of the samurai of the past. It's a war of the mind and, mm. uh, and, and the heart, you know, it's like the emotional Absolutely. and mental war that's going on. Cause we're, we're being bombarded by society, by how we grow up, by not being able to express ourselves. So it's very interesting um, perspective, and, and I, I love that sort of uh, ideology of the, the modern day samurai. So it, it really resonates with me. So if you, need, if you need a second in command, sign me up. And Absolutely. I want one of those full on samurai headsets and dress. <laughs> that would be super cool. Absolutely, and it's fun too, right? Like it's like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. There's just uh, another thing that I've been really trying to bring back is is just a, a playfulness, and I I don't know if that necessarily um you know is is something that was in the samurais you know because they were so so disciplined they were so you know kind of kind of walk with this this type of honor and integrity and and this sort of prestige um but kind of weaving back in the playfulness of you know like hey things you know this journey and this this awakening or this remembering it doesn't really have to be all that serious doesn't um, have to be so serious absolutely yeah, yeah i agree with that too oh, that's good Good stuff. So um, you said something earlier that really caught my attention. Um, and I think it's, it's, it mimics or yeah, I guess mimics a lot of people's journeys. And a lot of times it starts off with just a nutrition change. You start eating healthier and it sets you on this path to a spiritual awakening, mm-hmm. you know? And, you know, I guess my next question is, you know, what was that moment along that path that you really felt a big shift, you know, your uh, elemental awakening, you know, something that really changed your life. Was it something that happened in like, one day or one night or was it something that happened over time or 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 many things what what would you say were some of the biggest shifts it um, it really has been many things um it's you know and, and really only the last probably 15 years i was able to look back and you know steve jobs says you can't connect the dots looking forward you can only you know hope that they're leading you to where you want to go and and you can only connect them looking back so now looking back you know and this kind of started a bit 15 years ago i was like wow, this really has been a journey. And it's like, you know, the search, the the nutrition, you know, we're so programmed to perceive through our senses, you know, and if we can't see or smell, taste or touch it, well, then it doesn't exist. And, and again, there, there was just no truth in that for me. And, but the most easily accessible things for, you know, personal growth, if you will, was nutrition and, and training the body. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to do those things because that's kind of what society deems as, as being healthy. Um, you know, so I got into those things and I'm like, okay, I'm eating the right foods and I'm, I'm, you know, physically fit. And from all external perspectives, I should, you know, I have it all. I, I should be happy. And I'm like, you know, I dealt with anxiety for, for a really long time. And, and it was like, if this is the case, why am I still so unhappy? Why do I still feel so alien in, in my own skin and, and foreign and like, I don't fit in and all these things. Um, and so those steps, you know, led into, like I said, kind of researching the mind and, and how that all works. And, 
Um, and then martial arts, I, I was fortunate to study uh, five animal Shaolin Kung Fu for quite a number of years. And, you know, that's very spiritual. And there was meditation, you know, incorporated into that. So then the meditation was like, it's like each kind of thing, you know, each step or each um, tool, if you will, kind of gave me an uptake. And I'm like, okay, uh, you know, I feel a little bit better. I, I feel a little bit more like myself. Um, what else is there? You know, and, and that, you know, what else is there? Um, and I actually had a conversation the other night with my parents, you know, what, what if we could connect to more love? What if we could connect to more wholeness, more energy, more worthiness? What if we didn't have to live with pain? And, and you know, so that those questions, what else is there? And, and what if um, has allowed me to be open enough to, you know, take the next steps and then plant medicine. So uh, I guess my first medicine journey was 2006, 2007, I think, um, in Peru. And that you want to talk about a paradigm shattering shift in consciousness. It's like, wow. You know, I just remember the ceremony was about three and a half hours and it was so powerful. And I looked at the person next to me and, and I'm like, uh, wow, do you like, do you think the sun's coming up soon? He looks at his watch and he's like, uh, it's only been three and a half hours, dude. It was like 6 PM at night. And I'm like, oh, wow. Um, and then just, other conversations with people that night it's like i can't believe that i was carrying around all that stuff you mm -hmm. know like um wounding and traumas and and situations that consciously or intellectually we think we've dealt with but it's like our cells carry that memory and it's it's like you know our cells hold on to that stuff and it was just i just remember feeling so cleansed and so light and and so free um after that and then you know so, so going back, I guess, connecting the dots, looking back, was there, was there a guide that sort of led you from like the nutrition to the Kung Fu? Like, how did you go from nutrition to Kung Fu? Was it something that just happened? Was it something that you felt like intuitively and the same thing to lead you down to ayahuasca? Was it, did these things just happen? Cause as people are saying like, wow, 30 years of journeying, like, I don't even know where to start. You know, was it, was there anything that you, you can say that sort of stood out that was guiding you or, um, I I would say it was primarily intuitions, you know, like, and, and stuff that I, that did resonate, you know, I talked about, you know, like school didn't resonate, didn't hold any truth. Government didn't resonate, hold any truth. Like all these things that, you know, again, we're told, we're told to, you know, go to school for however many years to get a good job, to pay the bills, to, you know, work until we're 55 or 60 or 65. And then if we have any semblance of, health left then you know we get to retire and we enjoy our twilight years and then we die and that's it so that was kind of the one side of like wow if this is the way it is like it doesn't feel right to me it's it's really dark at first when you get to that first realization i, I guess for me that's the first awakening like life yes. isn't what i thought it was you know and people think an awakening is like oh i'm enlightened though sometimes just realizing like seeing life not how you thought it was so you know, I had this really suburban sort of experience of growing up really like, you know, not too difficult life. My problems were probably not problems for most people mm -hmm. um, in high school and stuff like that. Uh, but then I realized, you know, that, you know, like, like you said, government wasn't there. Maybe companies weren't looking after my best interest, you know, and I felt this sense of like loneliness, a little bit of fear, a little bit of confusion, but in a way looking back like that awakening there, 
pushed me into a seeking mode. It's like looking for something, mm -hmm. something greater. And I think that spawned my journey. Like it sounds like it spawned yours. Yeah. And the first step for me was also eating healthy. And I realized as I was eating healthier, like my thoughts would change. I would think differently. I'd be able to see things in a different way. And, you know, it wasn't until, you know, a couple of years of eating healthy that I realized it. it was like, wow, you know, like, like the world has changed before my eyes and I only really changed my diet. And, and it, there was just this natural push, I guess you could say, to become a little bit more spiritual. The thing about things like consciousness, um, Eastern philosophy, really looking for answers because I know that, you know, working for the rest of my life, a job so I can do two vacations a year and have a family with kids wasn't everything. It was great, but there was something more than just that. You know, there's a, a bigger reason why we're here. So I couldn't agree more. <laughs> so my question, you know, is, is along those lines, you know, like what, what is your purpose now? You know, like what do you feel you're here to do and what are you doing? You know, cause I know you do a lot of cool, amazing stuff. So oh, thank um, you. <laughs> as you started fun. figuring things out a little bit more, you know, what conclusions did you come to and how did that shift what you did on your day-to-day -day basis? Well, so um, just to kind of tie up the, the previous question, you know, I really feel like um, following what's in our hearts is like, those are the steps, you know, you look at the things, you know, maybe the old paradigm that's, that's falling away um, on, on a multitude of facets. It's like, is this stuff serving me? Is this stuff making me feel, you know, good? you know, loading my, my body with, with energy. Am, am I clear minded? Am I, um, am I happy? You know, and, and the stuff that doesn't serve us, it's like, you know, just start to at least be open to tossing that to the side. And then, you know, what are, what are the things that are going to make me feel better? And what are the things that I do gravitate to that I am passionate about that do, you know, put a smile on my face, you know, and I think that, you know, having those, those things and that openness, um, will allow people to kind of take the steps to, you know, where they want to go and, and start to build the life that they really truly want and deserve. Mm. Um, in terms of, you know, what I do now, I, I, uh, I like to think of it as, as helping people piece together the puzzle of who they really are and what they're truly capable of. And, you know, for me, I, I feel like um, there's like there are so many tools, there are so many perspectives at our disposal right now. And, and, you know, whether it is the breath work or meditation or plant medicine or, um, you know, these sorts of things and, and just be open and, and experimenting with these different things. And so I, I feel like my purpose really is to, um, you know, and, and humbly uh, to help to elevate the, the health and consciousness of, of people and planet. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. I feel like I'm the same, you know, living a life of service. And, yes. you know, the, I realize, and this has probably been said a million times before, but it really, I've found to be true. The more you give, the more you receive, you know, and when you just uh -oh. look to receive, you know, you, you really put yourself in a, an expectation sort of mindset and it leads to disappointment. It leads to this unequal energy flow and um, you can hoard all you want, but nature doesn't work like that. You know, nature, yeah. nothing nature abhors a vacuum. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I, I, I feel the same way, you know, being of service. So I, I wanted to ask you, you know, you talk about um, a bunch of tools. Like what is, what is your most effective tool right now? So I'm coming to you. What would you suggest for a newbie just getting like, what, what is there one thing that would stand out the most? Um, I have kind of my, you know, I, I look at them again, you know, 
as disciplines essentially right and so um i like to think of it as self first you know if if the if the airplane's going down and and we're going around trying to which is prevalent in our society especially in in you know the service industries it's like i'm going to go around putting everybody else's mask on first i'm not going to get very very far you know what i mean so it's like for me my disciplines come first like my my morning practices are are sacred um i don't start work until i'm i'm you know run me through your morning routine give give us a little sample of what that looks like i'm curious personally okay so uh 4 a.m is a typical uh meditation time and it's a it's actually a dr joe meditation um it's the pineal gland meditation and it's uh it's about three and a half hours so from 4 a.m until 7 30. um so i do that before i even get out of bed what time you get in bed the night before usually what's what's your average bedtime would you say between nine and ten and i try to do a, a little bit of a meditation or you know blessing of the the energy centers in the body um as i'm going into bed as well cool yeah i like that meditation as well so so before you go on just quick okay i'll come back to it keep going <laughs> um so meditations first then i'll get up i'll uh, go to the gym um so gym's usually 45 minutes to an hour and again i you know a lot of these retreats and stuff like that it's like and i've i've experienced some of them where it's like you know we're just we're meditating and we're oming and we're chanting for you know six days and i'm like i need to get the blood you know for me it's all about balance right so too much of of any one thing whether it's too much yin or too much yang is not a good thing so what's that balance so meditation first then training then breath work, then ice bath, then I'm ready to start my day. Wow. Right? So it's so that that's an amazing morning routine. Similar to me, um, I don't have the ice bath set up yet. We're working on building some actual like ice baths. My friend's got one that keeps one degree all the time. Nice. Is, oh, nice. it's so good, so cold. That's awesome. Um, we actually, uh, uh, my buddy, you know him. He says hi, by the way, Dan DeLewis. Uh, I'm staying with him while I'm in Canada, and uh, we actually bought a freezer. So we keep the freezer full of water and, and keep it at, you know, ice around the outside. So it's zero all the time. Nice. <laughs> it's actually perfect. Nice. I wouldn't recommend that at home, guys. Um, and if you do use the freezer, be careful that you unplug it when you go in. Yeah. And yeah. also, um, just make sure, like, it can't shut on top of you. So if you're close and the lid somehow falls, it can create a vacuum. So always leave, like, a towel hanging over the edge or something like that if anyone wants to try that freezer thing. Um, and do like it that. gradually. You know, maybe Gradual start exposure, at, yeah. At and 50 degrees and then go down to 45. And have 40. a spotter because you might be wobbly getting out and you might be stuck in the cold for a while. So yeah. a lot of safety tips too, but the cold is like one of the best um, modalities for healing, for calming the mind, for uh, um, enhancing your immune system, reducing inflammation, oh, boosting so good. your metabolism. There's so many things, um, all these hormones that it releases that make you feel happier. Um, so yeah, that sounds like an awesome routine. My one question, I'm curious if Dr. Joe touches on this, you know, a lot of studies are saying now that, um, you know, under, you should get minimum seven hours of sleep. So if you're getting to bed at nine to four, you're, you're, you're getting about seven, which is good. Mm -hmm. Um, under seven, they say starts getting a little bit dangerous, not dangerous, but like over time you start getting this sleep lack where, um, your brain can't catch up and your thoughts. But when you're adding three and a half hours of deep meditation, you know, they've never studied that before. So I'm wondering if that's like the secret sauce. It's like, okay, you get up at four, but you get into that zone. You're in this deep state of rest, probably deeper than when you're sleeping. 
Yeah. What's, what's your experience on that? Or maybe Dr. Joe might've talked about that at all. I really do. I, I think it is, it is a secret sauce. Cause I was, you know, before um, incorporating this much meditation into my life, I was really anal with my sleep. It's like, I need, you know, at least six hours and, and usually in the eight hour neighborhood, like you said, but now it's like, I don't know. It's like, I can feel, you know, he, he talks, Dr. Joe talks a lot about the coherence of the brain and I can feel the, the different hemispheres and just the, the linkage or the coherence um, in my brain when I'm on my meditations. And it's just like, you know, the, the two become one and, and, you know, I can, if I'm studying something, you know, repetitively, I can actually feel the neurology being built. Like I, I feel, I feel really tapped in and, and turned on with the meditation. So sleep now to me is like, it's, I'm really indifferent. Um, most of the time, how much I get, as long as I, as long as I get my meditations in. Yeah. I'm curious. Cause they say that usually the last couple hours of sleep is when the brain actually cleans itself, the lymphatic system where some of the cells shrink and the fluid will, will bathe um, your brain and clean out any, you know, amyloid plaque or whatever mm-hmm. other things are in there. Yeah. So and we curious. actually, yeah, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, we actually, um, there's a breath that we do. So similar, but different to the, to the Wim Hof in, um, actually taking the breath and the cerebral spinal fluid up the spine and then, um, using it to, uh, essentially bump up against the pineal gland, which then activates the, the pineal gland. Interesting. Um, yeah, so it's, uh, I think with that intention, I, I think intention is, is paramount in a lot of this stuff. So I think with that intention um, and, and really an understanding of what's actually happening, you know, in the brain and body, when we're doing those things, um, we can really take our, our practices um, to an entirely different level. And, and through that, you know, activate these dormant systems in the brain, like you said, like, you know, just release the, you know, the, the pharmacy that really is within us. Um, and then, you know, when, when we are activating the, the pineal gland, like there's an upgrade to melatonin that happens as well, which is so, so profound. And, and I think the bringing the brain and the heart into coherence um, with the knowledge and understanding of what it's doing in the brain and body, it allows us to connect to, you know, the unified field, the quantum field, um, which is really it's energy or information. Um, and when we switch on the pineal gland, it's, it's like, you know, the things I've witnessed at some of his conferences and, and started to experience myself, it's like we're able to access that field, that, that infinite sea of, of information. Um, and the pineal gland is able to essentially decode that into imagery that the body can um, use and understand. And then that's when people are having like spontaneous healings and upgrades and, you know, um, and then it's like when we come back to our, our senses, you know, the, the average person only sees, one one billionth of the light spectrum. So it's like when we come back to our senses, what would your reality be like if you were able to perceive, you know, twenty percent more with your senses, thirty percent more, and and that's essentially what's happening um, with the activation with the with the pineal gland. Super interesting. Um, chemically, melatonin minus carbon dioxide equals dimethyltryptamine. I didn't know that. So when you're saying that you're increasing this uh, melatonin production. Um, and, and, and this is going to get into something that I'm really curious about experimenting with, but um, it makes sense that you have these visions and these types of um, experiences, especially at 4am. I think melatonin production is the highest, right? Yep. Between one and four. 
that's yeah. the intention of why to start at 4 a.m. Is that yeah. what Dr. Joe's saying? Because that's when you should have the highest peak of melatonin. Absolutely. But another thing, and I just <laughs> recently found out, is that cannabis can increase melatonin production up to 3,000%. Wow. So I didn't know that. I'm going to I'm gonna have to start smoking more. <laughs> I don't know if, if, if um, a meditation at 4 a.m. with a little bit of cannabis, I don't know what would happen. Because really, like from what I'm learning now, too, is like melatonin doesn't really help you sleep. It has a different purpose. It might help you feel a little bit drowsy and relaxed, but it has yep. nothing to do with the depth of your sleep. I mm-hmm. think it has a lot more to do with the dreams. And dreams helps you to process, I think, emotions. Yeah, um, That's just my sort of intuitive or some from some of the, I guess, experiences I've had. Um, it's interesting. There's a, there's another gentleman I haven't attended yet. Um, I'm hoping to maybe go, uh, at the end of February, we've got a retreat in Costa Rica, but after that, I want to head out to Thailand, I think, um, Montak Chia, he does these darkness retreats and he talks about every, essentially after 24 hours, between 24 and 48 hours, the melatonin production, which would normally, you know, um, dissipates with our sleep wake cycles because serotonin in the daytime melatonin at night for those of you who don't know um but the melatonin production if you remain in darkness continues to expand and increase to a point where essentially it starts to spill over and automatically upgrade into some of the things that dr joe talks about right so um and then that's when you start seeing like the blue lights and like the third eye essentially opens and you're well, fully connected to these frequencies. converting into DMT. You know? Yeah. And that's absolutely. I think, the gateway chemical to the other realm. Basically. It's all the good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the other thing is, is again, we're adding layers of complexity here, but um, I think I, I'm, I'm going to do like a cannabis dark retreat. Um, mm-hmm. I love it. Let me know when, <laughs> when you're, when you're, when you're doing the Wim Hof breathing, or any of this like intentional breathing, like transformational breath or um, holotropic, you're exhaling all this CO2. So you're actually lowering your CO2 level in your body. So then maybe the body might try to extract the CO2 from the melatonin. And as a byproduct, you're going to get DMT. That's totally theoretical at this point. um, Because I know some people who are combining the breath work with cannabis and are having ayahuasca-like experiences. So they claim. So this is my current, this is recent, this last week, fascination with melatonin, cannabis, DMT, and breath work. And so I'm going to do some experimenting and see if we can um, use these illegal substances that are within our brains to uh, have these uh, experiences. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. When, when, uh, when Dr. Cho talks about the pineal gland, um, he, he talks about, so within the gland, there are little calcium carbonate crystals. Um, little stacked rhombohedrons and these crystals are what he says essentially allows us to upgrade the melatonin so they're kind of three keys right so the brain coherence the heart coherence which is going to essentially allow us to to create and generate more energy and then you use the breath to create what's called a piezoelectric effect so that is essentially a compressive force um, between the breath and the, the cerebral spinal fluid that bumps up against the pineal gland. And when you do it often enough, again, with brain and heart in complete coherence, what it does is it starts to activate those little calcium carbonate crystals within it. Melatonin then gets upgraded into um, dimethyltryptamine, 
two like super powerful antioxidants. Um, the same chemical that's in hibernating animals. So it essentially anesthetizes the thinking brain. And uh, um, bioluminescent phosphorescent molecule. So the same molecule that's found in, in electric eels. I remember so, reading that, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it literally turns the gland into a, a transducer receiver or an antenna um, to be able to pick up these, these more subtle frequencies. And so this happens every morning between four and seven thirty in the morning. Yeah. This, so, yeah. So is this something you learn through Joe Dispenza or is it like you do a different meditation every day or is it, is it, is it a specific, you know, is it, is it breath work, some visualizations, like a specific pattern or is yeah. it just basic? Yeah, okay. Yeah. So specific pattern. So there's, there's kind of a combination of, of things. So it's, um, he has us tune in. So essentially tune into the body and then tune into the field around the body. So there's a, a series of that where it's like you're becoming more aware of the space around the body and the field of energy around the body. And then you do a little bit of breath to activate the gland. Then you bless the energy centers. Um, then you do a, another type of breath. Then you're kind of, um, you know, kind of quit talking for 20 to 30 minutes and you're like, there's music playing in the background and you're in this, you know, you're in that dreamlike state between, you know, I'd say probably theta and, and delta um, brainwave patterns. And then we'll start talking again. You activate the breath again. Um, we bless the centers going, or sorry, not bless the centers, but focus on the, the pineal gland, um, tuning into turning it on and connecting and, and all this stuff. Another breath, another short period of, of kind of rest and recovery where you're, you're in that dreamlike state. Um, one more activation of the pineal gland, and then another kind of dreamlike state. So it's a series of interesting of all the above, which is and he has like a pre-recorded guided three and a half yeah. hour experience. Is yeah. that is that for purchase, or is that something you have to get once you take one of his workshops? No, that's that's for purchase on his website. You get it. Okay, cool. I'm gonna check yeah, it out. and it's um, so for those listening, it's JoeDispenza.com, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll, yeah we'll put that for, in the notes. Of the, awesome. the podcast as well. Yeah, for me, it's you know that's the one that I'm I'm primarily focused on because I've I've I haven't gone yet. So at the last event, I witnessed two people, um, and hopefully this isn't scary for anybody, but I witnessed two people having out of body experiences to the point where like my team lead had to help them back into their bodies. So people are literally leaving their physical form behind. They're connecting to this field, and then it's like, how do you when you have an awareness of the all or this upgrade or, you know, connect to these higher frequencies, it's like, how do you fit all that back into this vessel? And so they had to be helped back in, but like they're changed. And I've had a couple of instances. Um, it wasn't a five, uh, like a full five MEO DMT experience, but um, I've had a couple with just the breath and this meditation where it's like my whole body was, struck by lightning essentially like that's the only thing i can equate it to um and it, it's it's such a familiar unfamiliar feeling if that makes sense mm -hmm. like the energy is so powerful um and it's so exciting that it's it's hard not to get kind of jolted back into this reality if that makes I, sense i've had that a few times um 
well, I used to I used to really focus on like um, leaving the body through um, like um, out of body experiences through like dreaming or lucid dreaming. Mm, yep. And it's a very similar feeling when you're sort of like halfway in, halfway out. You just get jolted, like literally, like you feel like you're being electrocuted, but not in a painful <laughs> way. It's just like no. so much energy. So no, it's exactly so blissful. Feeling. Yeah. 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 Well, when you're kind of sleeping and dreaming, it's it's a bit shocking, like what's going on, because <laughs> you sort of feel that, like, oh, I'm half asleep, half awake. Now's the opening to sort of have the out of body experience. Yeah. And then that's when you feel that rush. As you, I, I guess it's as you're stepping into your energy body, like you know, it's just pure energy, right? Yeah. You're not grounded at all. That's super interesting. Yeah, it's so awesome. <laughs> um, very cool stuff, man. Very cool stuff. So, um. So now you, so you work one-on-one clients, you do Joe Dispenza, that's your morning routine. You talked a bit about that. Um, I was going to ask another question, but I forgot. Um, so let's just jump around a bit. So um, we talked a bit about your daily routine. Um, you're a big guy, you're ripped. I see a lot of your pictures online. Working, <laughs> working out, what's the, uh, what's, what, what, what do you think is the best sort of way to work out? Is it, you know, um, body weights, heavy weights, kettlebells? What's, what's your sort of, advice to people that want to get strong i love you know and i guess another perspective with all this stuff is um moving towards or trying to obtain uh limitlessness or superhuman so uh, you know whether it's you know the through the mind through the body or through the spirit i really feel like we're limitless beings and that's kind of the way i approach you know my training and and everything so like i'm always going as heavy as i can like it's it's more of a i guess for lack of better terminology a, a crossfit style so i'll do olympic lifting i'll do bodybuilding i actually created my own program called ramp um, Ra- rapid acceleration of muscular progress um which is essentially circuit training repackaged um so yeah, I'm actually doing a ramp phase right now where it's just like I lift as heavy as I can. Um, you know, I change change the reps, I change the number of sets and all that stuff on a on a regular basis. Like every every fifth week, I'll I'll plan out a new um, five day routine, do that for four weeks, and then and then change it. But it's uh, you know, and, and I think like anything, it's you get at what you put in, right? So if if you're trying to push the envelope and and really trying to test yourself, then that's you know you're gonna you're gonna discover um new uh boundaries or previously perceived boundaries and, and limitations and then you're gonna be able to continue to push that mm-hmm. and obviously diet's super important when you're trying to stay physical or to to you know maintain a certain body strength and shape um are there any sort of diets that you adhere to specifically um i do fairly i do fairly low carb um fairly low carb, fairly high protein, lots of veg. Um, but there's actually, uh, so another way I look at things is that everything's kind of frequency, right? So if we're optimizing our water, our food, the thoughts we think, the words we speak, our interactions, so on and so forth, we're going to start to optimize how this whole thing works. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, with that, there's a, and it's not available worldwide yet, but, um, I think, I think they're moving towards that. Uh, gut biome testing kit called biome um i don't know if you know of it uh but essentially yeah for they, is, is dave asprey involved in that is that something dave asprey's involved in no i, think I, I think, saw it, I, think I saw it at his conference a couple of years ago maybe the company was just there but yeah i've heard a lot more about um gut biome testing so yeah go on yeah so essentially you send a sample of your stool away they analyze it in a the lab you fill out four or five uh question and answer forms 
Um, and then they give you a full printout of like things you absolutely need to stay away from, like your inflammatory foods, your superfoods. Uh, that's and called Viome, V-I-O-M-E. V-I-O-M-E. And then so they that, give you a recommendation based on your gut yeah. biome. Yeah. And that for me, it takes the guesswork out of it. Right. So it's, it's kind of, you know, before it's like, Oh, you know, I don't really feel well on these or you're kind of really having to be present to, which is, is a good thing in and of itself. And to be able to add something like this, where it's like, you know, these are the times of the day you're supposed to eat. This is how much you're supposed to eat. Um, cool. And then it gives you a kind of a full printout as well of like your inflammatory, um, pathways and markers and and your actual gut health and then it you know um tells you exactly kind of what's going on and why you should stay away from the foods that you're supposed to stay away from and what the superfoods actually do for you so it's it's a really in-depth um kit to be able to get to mm. to set you on your path of you know and and not have you going through all the guesswork cool very cool oh i just remembered my last question um before this one um in your meditation, what, what's the craziest experience you've personally had? You know, have you had like a DMT ayahuasca type experience out of body yourself? Have you had any of those experiences through the meditation? Close. So I've had, <clears throat> I've had a couple times where just my brain, it felt like was, was struck by lightning. Um, there was one time just here where it was like hit by lightning. And then it sounded like a, a like a trombone or something like some bass kind of a horn, but it was like inside my head. Um, and then that kind of like, I'm like, okay, what was that? You know? Um, but the most profound one was at the last Dr. Joe event uh, in Portland in July and the last day. So I actually had a small event. He calls them events. I had a small event the day before the conference started just on my own. And then in the group, uh, the last day, the last morning meditation, we were lying on the floor. And again, it was like my whole, this time my whole body was struck by lightning and it felt like I was actually falling, but I was like flat on the floor. And then I kind of took a couple of breaths of like, Oh, Oh, and just felt like I settled into it. So chronologically, I don't actually know how much time passed. It, it felt like only, you know, 30 seconds kind of thing, 30 seconds, maybe a minute. Um, but again, time and space gets distorted when you're in that um, when you're in that kind of headspace. So, um, and about three months ago, I had my first uh, three five meo um, bufo uh, DMT experiences, and it felt like a subtle one of those. So I didn't mm. I didn't go fully, and I, I had some. It, it looked kind of like black and, and white. Um, it wasn't colorful like the five MEO, but it, there was definitely some imagery and, and, but it, it, uh, it felt like, or it, it seemed as though it was more black and white imagery. Um, yeah, for me, but Bufo is more like black and white, like, like shimmering gold. I would say, I wouldn't say it's for me, like more NNDMT would be more colorful. Hmm. So it, it might've been like, like close, like when you break through, you know, you break through on the five, but yeah, um, it felt, it felt similar to that. Um, just more subtle, really cool, like not a full experience. Yeah. So yeah, that brings yeah. me into the, the next category of questions, which is the psychedelics, you know, um, Bufo is obviously gaining a lot more popularity as far as people understanding or not maybe not understanding, but hearing the word Mike Tyson's come out and said how it's changed his life. I don't know if you've mm -hmm. heard him on uh, Joe Rogan or with Tony Robbins on his podcast. Like he's a different person. It's, it's pretty mm -hmm. crazy. 
you know, how someone with that much um, abuse, trauma, the, the life that he's lived is able to now at his age, you know, really change gears and change his life. Absolutely. Um, and, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, and really these things, they're all tools, right? They're all tools that are, you know, whether it's the neuroscience, whether it's the, the medicines, the bufo, the ayahuasca, the mushrooms, marijuana, you know, they're, for me, they're all tools that um, allow us to access these parts of ourselves that, you know, maybe have been dormant or, you know, over, overridden with, you know, programming from, from this reality of like, Hey, you know, it's, it's only your, your five senses that, you know, that's, what's real. And it's like, no, like these things for me, open us up. And, and I feel like also um, rewire the brain in, in ways that, you know, it's like if every time we think something new or have a new experience, it's creating new neurology in the brain. Um, then if we have more of these experiences, could we not access those states without the, without the external tools? Mm. And that's, that's kind of my hypothesis is that, um, and I actually met, I just met a guy um, in Vancouver last week who's literally a wizard. And I asked him how he got to this point. Like he channels and channels different languages and some sounded like Japanese and he's, you know, does all this interpreting of sound through his body. And then he does body work. Um, and I'm like, how did you, how did you get to this point? And he's like, I just did a shit ton of DMT. And it's like, they, the last couple of times they had me, you know, they, or this energy had me in, in this room and they're, and I'm like, okay, what else is there? And they're like, we, you know, you know it all. Like you, you got it all. So now he's able to access um, these states as a essentially a pure channel, um, you know. So I really feel like all these tools are are here at this time for us to access these different states and and really um, you know evolve or remember what we once had access to but have uh, have forgotten. Interesting. So like that, just, I guess leads me to my next question. You know, in the beginning of of um our talk here, you mentioned you, you'd done about 50 ayahuasca journeys. So what keeps drawing you back? You know, like, like I, I'm at about the same number too, but I'm just curious. You know, people ask like, why do you have to do it so much? Are you addicted to it? Was one, not one time, not enough, you know, like, don't you, okay, maybe seven times. Um, what keeps drawing you back and what do you find you get out of it after, you know, so many experiences? It's for me, it's a, like a, a, stronger connection to that place you know to like if if we were to look at kind of you know this is the material world and everything you know below it is like you know denser and darker and deeper and and more you know matter if you will and then this is the speed of light and up here is oneness right all the frequencies in between the speed you know matter the speed of light and oneness are higher degrees of order of health of wealth of energy of abundance of and so for me it's like until i go back to oneness it's like these tools are taking me back to you know really be able to experience more health more wealth more love more bliss etc etc and every time i experience it it's like i'm able to embody those things a little bit more as the me i am here right now Mm-hmm. if that makes sense yeah yeah so do you think there's um like 
like where does religion and psychedelics or spirituality and psychedelics cross like like do you feel like you're getting closer to some divinity like some do you see behind a veil where you see some orchestrator creator you think it's an, an experience inside your head that's teaching you about that like what are your thoughts on on that god and psychedelics or different like or psychedelics i think i you know i i think whether it's god or energy or psychedelics I, I feel like it's you know we're talking about the same thing for me religion is you know it's like a big pie and you know the, the different religions have carved out their own piece of pie and they're like well my piece of the pie is better than your piece of the pie but there's still a separation there's still dogma attached to it whereas spirituality or energy it it just is it's like the whole pie there's there's not there's nothing of division there's nothing of separation there's nothing of competition um and so for me to be able to experience these you know what love really is you know or what wholeness really is um and then like i said to be able to bring a little bit more of that back into who i am in every moment and then connect with people differently and understand things differently and have more empathy and you know, be able to express more love and, and more truth. Um, you know, to me, that's, that's what this journey is. It's, you know, really is a healing journey. And, and I feel like every time I experience something like that, it's like, I'm able to be that just a little bit more mm -hmm. in this physical form. Cool. Yeah. Me too. Uh, I agree. 100%. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So I guess I knew so, we'd have a good conversation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I love this kind of stuff. I love this yeah, kind of stuff. It's, it's super interesting. You know, like I've had experiences where like I've, I've seen like Jesus and like, I don't, I don't know if it's the real Jesus or an, uh, an interpretation of what my mind is trying to show me of like, mm how I could understand that teaching to the greatest degree by, by seeing it through that lens, you know, like, I'm not going to say like, yeah, Jesus himself came to me. Like, I don't even know personally if I even believe Jesus as a being existed in the flesh, mm. which is more of like an idea or like a, a way of being like an energy, so to speak, that a lot of people try to embody based on these stories. Cause there's like even Egyptian stories of people that sounded very similar to Jesus. Um, but I do feel that there's some energy behind the psychedelics, which is probably at that higher vibration that is there guiding us. You know, like we are these souls that I feel are, are really early in our journey. You know, we probably started off as some like one celled amoeba somewhere and evolved <laughs> over millions of years. Um, but it's infinite, this, this sort of um, journey, you know, and, and this, all this stuff we go through as humans, the suffering, the challenges, the perceived suffering, you know, yeah, um, I agree is, is eventually to just keep us moving and learning and growing. And I think the psychedelics are an amazing tool to really speed that up, to show us things that we couldn't see. Like you said, you know, the trauma in the cells of our bodies or some of the things that are deep in our subconscious minds bring to the surface. You get this whole new perspective that, Holy shit. Okay. I can let that go now and move yeah, on. Absolutely. Right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, it's, it's, it's interesting. Um, you know, I feel like, and you said it, you know, all the stuff that sits in the unconscious mind or, you know, our cellular memory. And it's like, when we bring that stuff to consciousness, I think that's when the true healing can, can really occur because it's like, you know, once you find the root of, you know, your patterning or, you know, things that trigger you in, in this moment, it's like the trigger is never the, the cause of the suffering. It's like the trigger takes us back to, 
you know, the first time our boundaries were crossed or when some we were belief, wounded or hurt or some belief yeah, we, we yeah. formed based on something that happened to us, but it's that exactly. belief around it, you know? Yeah, exactly. And what we believe usually about ourselves. Like I read this interesting meme the other day um, and it really struck a chord because it said, um, when you scream at your kids, they don't stop loving you. They stop loving themselves. Mm, yep. Cause you're um, making them feel that they're not good. You know, they just want your love and they're looking at you and you're screaming at them and you think they're going to be mad at you and they're doing these things to piss you off or whatever. What's really happening is you're not by probably not by intention because you want them to learn and grow and be better. But you know, they take that as I'm bad. I'm not worthy. I'm not good. So a child will build that belief and hold it their whole life. And later on, something will trigger that belief, which is not even true. Yeah. You know, you were worthy. Your parents did love you and, and didn't know how to show you that. Or maybe, you know, everyone's different. I'm sure there's, there's different circumstances. But once you could change that belief, you know, once you can see now that you are a good person, you are innocent or whatever that belief is, you know, the opposite, then you can start letting that go. Absolutely. Um, but Absolutely. We, sometimes it's hard to get there. Sometimes yeah. you know, things like the plant medicines can really help. Absolutely. I have a I have a little analogy that I use, you know, and it's it's, you know, so say you're, you know, a year old or two years old, and it's like it's bedtime, right? And so the parents take the toy away from the kid, right? It's pre-verbal, so the kid's not able to have a conversation with, hey, why did you do that? You know, why I was having fun with that. The kid then internalizes that as, oh, I don't deserve this toy. Well, maybe I don't deserve love, right? So that that's you know, that's just a really simple example of where unworthiness can stem from and, and how far back it can go, um, you know, to a point, you know, then the, the child grows up and again, they're, they're triggered by something, you know, maybe, maybe a girlfriend or something. And, and this is, you know, potentially from, uh, you know, a, a real life story, but, um, and, you know, the guy gets, a, you, you don't hit women. So you punch a wall, or you throw your phone or, you know, you fly off the handle. And it's like, ah, um, but that trigger is taking you back to the first time when you felt, oh, I don't deserve love. Right. And again, you're, you're pre-verbal. So it's like, you're not going to have a conversation about it. Like the, the wiring in the, in the brain and body is at a point when you're two years old. So you yeah. can't speak about it. You're just, you're, you're triggered, you react, you do the thing and most people have no idea why they are the way that they are. But, you know, through the medicines and, you know, these different tools that we're talking about, it's like, it, it allows us to go back to that point. And for me, I've had realizations and awarenesses of like, yeah, like I did that. Like mine goes back to the womb. You know, my parents were very, very young when they had me and, and there was a lot of fear. There was a lot of anxiety of like, you know, and discussion, are we going to, are we going to go through with this? You know, so for me, that's, that's where a lot of my, you know, unbeknownst to me uh, until I had these awarenesses and, and, you know, they came during meditations, during very visceral memories. Like, how do you remember being in the womb? Right. So it's a, it's a frequency of the vibration. Um, but through these very visceral memories and realizations and awarenesses, it's like, oh, that's why I was the way that I was. And now with that awareness, I can then respond differently in my life. You know what I, I mean? Know. And, and, it's and so change those triggers. Yeah. It's so interesting. Two things I want to mention. One on ayahuasca, I had a, uh, an experience of a sperm. And I was like, Oh, that's interesting. I'm having an experience of sperm. And I was like, Oh my God, that's me. Wow. I was like, I'm a sperm. I was a sperm. We all were. Every single human being was. I think we <laughs> yeah. forget that we were swimming 
um, has these little one-celled whatever a sperm is. And it was just like the most mind-blowing. Like it just opened my mind so much. Like I forgot that I was that. I grew in, in, a, in inside my mom's belly. Like it was, it was just so profound. Wow. Like to have that experience. You forget about that, right? Uh, but there was consciousness there, some form of consciousness that was aware of that, that gave me, that showed me that memory. And it just like was so profound, so profound. And the other thing I wanted to mention is even through breath work, we get to some of these states, these altered states. And recently in one of my workshops, um, a Wim Hof workshop, I had a guy who was um, checking out about two and a half minutes into a breath hold. And it was the weirdest thing because he wasn't really passing out. He was sort of there, his eyes were there, but he wasn't there. And he went into this state where it looked like he was like, like nursing or wow. like, or like, like looking for like a soother. Like he was there. He was like, like that. And I was, I was like, I actually videotaped to show him. And, and, you know, like maybe that could have been like abandonment trauma from like, like childhood, like maybe crying and not getting fed on time, feeling like you've been abandoned and there's no yeah. malintent from the mother. She was maybe just cooking dinner, you know? And yeah. you form that trauma of like feeling like abandoned or unworthy from that such a young age. And, if, and, it, and I asked my friend, he said, I've seen that multiple times as well. And that wow. can be a very common one because most of us, you know, imagine your parents, especially in the world we live in, working two jobs, you know, like not two jobs, but like both the mother and the father are working and, and you know, like you're not always there ready for, to, to give their child attention exactly when they need it. Right. Absolutely. So yeah. Yeah, you know, it's, it's huge, man. And, and just having that understanding, you know, it can change everything. And the, the, I guess the most important thing too, if you're a parent listening, it, it's, it's not your fault. It's nothing to feel bad about because this all has a greater purpose. You know, those yeah. feelings create experiences later in life that bring more awareness to like shift you back into consciousness and realize like, oh, you know, like I, I don't have to worry about that. I think that's the intention of all these things. Like childhood trauma, they say from like zero to seven, these things happen. And you go on this journey to come back to yourself, you know, when you're born as, um, you know, pure or without sin or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, so it's, it's super interesting. Um, all, all these types of um, realizations and, and what they could potentially mean and how, you know, we're starting to learn a little bit more about how, how these things affect us, right? Absolutely. And, and, you know, what's going on in, in the brain and body at, at different times, right? Like you said, you know, up to seven years old, it's like, we're in theta, you know, brainwave frequency recording everything that is going on around us, right? So, you know, uh, the interaction between a male, female, you know, what our, our parents, you know, what they're like, how they feel about themselves, each other, health, wealth, you know, and, and then that becomes the, the subconscious program or the operating system from which most of us carry on our lives. So it's, yeah. And like you said, it's, it's no, it's nobody's fault. It's just, uh, I, I think, you know, it's, it's another type of tool to allow us to come to greater levels of, of conscious awareness. Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. A couple more questions. Uh, then we're going to wrap it up here. Um, so what, what's, the next thing you're really excited to learn about what's on your to-do list of things you really are, are, are dying to learn more about. Is it, is it like a modality? Is it just something in general, a practice a person? Is there anything? Um, I'm, I think I'm most excited to fully, fully connect to fully have an out of, out of body experience um, and, and learn from the field. You know, I, I feel like um, I feel like all this stuff we're talking about, there's a favorite quote. Um, 
that I have know thyself and thou shalt know the universe and God. And I really feel like, you know, all the tools that are at our availability um, in this physical realm, you know, everything we've touched on today, uh, they're tools that take us into a deeper knowing of ourselves. And then once we, you know, get to that point where it's like, yeah, like what, what are these more subtle frequencies or energies that I can really tap into? And, and for me, I want to, you know, I'm excited about having that full on out of body experience, fully connecting to the field without any exogenous substances, without anything from the outside. Um, and just seeing what that has to, you know, has in store for me, what, you know, cause I, I really feel like we're, we're at a time where, you know, we're, we're piercing this veil. We're, we're able to connect at such a way that, you know, we literally become the healer. We become the mystic. We become, you know, capable of, of instantaneous manifestation of, mm-hmm. of whatever we desire. And, you know, of course we're going to be, as we learn this stuff, we're going to be tuning to more love and wholeness and abundance and creativity and ease and flow and joy and happiness. And um, so for me, it's, it's just about, you know, really continuing on that and, and really connecting at a point where like I, I just am, you know, and I'm able to express all of that. Beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> Thank um, <you. laughs> continuing on the, the learning, what's the most impactful book you ever read? Is there one that stands out that really changed your perspective or shifted you in a way? There's a few. I mean, uh, um, Life and Teachings of the Masters of the Far East is a good one um uh how to think like leonardo da vinci was really really powerful i haven't read either of those okay any of something. any of dr Dispenza's yeah, I, books i knew you would say that <laughs> yeah is, is there on point um i wrote one called conscious endeavor okay there you go <laughs> that's kind of my take on you know the different tools and and that sort of thing um and then modern day samurai when it comes out awesome yeah thank you um okay so shameless plug yeah beautiful yeah we'll we'll get to that yeah we're gonna (laughs) let people know how they can reach you and stay tuned for um your upcoming stuff um any gadgets or science apps technology that you use on a day-to-day basis that you feel really up levels your game well so again looking at everything is is frequency um and something I'm, I'm going to start, you know, um, I guess offering as kind of an a la carte to some of the retreats and stuff like that, that I host is like water structuring devices. Um, I've actually got, got one here. Um, so there's a whole science on, on structuring your water. Um, the art crystal, which is from, uh, Nassim Harriman, um, the resident science foundation. He's a unification physicist. So this actually takes energy from the vacuum, coheres it and amplifies it. So you can, again, you can structure your water. If you're putting it in food that you're growing, it'll increase the, the yield of the food. It, like, What's that called? It. What's it called again? Uh, Arc crystal, A-R-K. Okay. What do one of those go for? Just curious. Uh, $1,200. $1,200. I figured it wouldn't be cheap. No, no. And you notice um, the difference when you wear it? Like you actually feel a difference? I do. When I first put it on and, and, essentially everyone I've spoken with, um, I had a clearing like it, it, so that it kind of clears and aligns the, um, energy fields of the body. 
Um, so I actually got sick um, when I first put it on. I don't really notice anything now, but um, you know, that first couple of weeks was like, you know, what's going on? Like, I don't, I don't usually get sick, this sort of thing. Um, so anything, you know, nano tinctures, CBD oils, um, anything that's going to allow us to kind of optimize, you know, some some of the frequencies that are within and around us. Um, I really want to start incorporating and offering those things uh, because I think it's, you know, we start to optimize all the frequencies. We start to optimize, you know, how we think, how we feel, how we relate to each other, and, and that increases the energy of the body. And and then, you know, oftentimes I've said it's like if people are you know just getting through their day right? and we touched on it early on about um you know people working the the jobs or the two jobs and it's like you know i'm bagged at the end of the day how how am i going to entertain what consciousness is and it's like if we can start to optimize how this whole thing functions um it's going to give give us the energy you know at the end of the day to start thinking about purpose and consciousness mm. and optimizing you know our our health and our interactions and you know, doing what we love and, and all these things. So yeah, cool. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. So last question, um, is there something that I didn't ask you that I should have, or that you really wanted me to? <laughs> um, no, I mean, we touched, we touched on a lot. Um, no, nothing's, nothing's kind yeah, of cool. popping up right so now. Then, so. then just yeah, tell I, me what, what you're most grateful for right now. Um, well, I'm super grateful for, for you for um, taking the time and, and uh, being such a gracious host. Um, you. I'm super grateful Same. for, super grateful for, um, there's a bunch of us we're creating, uh, I think I'm, I messaged you, um, we're creating a, an online platform called Woke. Um, I'm involved with a, a retreat center where I think, um, I think there are, 15 15 of us or 16 of us from something like seven or eight different countries now um uh involved in this retreat center in, in costa rica so you know there are there are pockets and organizations and and people daily that are that are awakening and remembering so you know i'm, I'm super grateful to be here during this time um to be able to interact with with people like yourself and all these other people that are are really realizing hey like you know we have the power, we are the power, we are one, you know, we can stand in, in, in unity. And when we do that with all of these awarenesses, um, you know, we, we really become limitless being, beings um, that can manifest whatever we desire in our lives. So I'm, I'm super grateful just to be here at this time to be able to, you know, offer that support or service, um, you know, in any way that I can uh, and continue to to uh, connect with amazing people like yourself. Awesome. Brother, I feel the exact same. Thank you so much for all that you do, all the amazing things you're putting in this world, all the people that you help. You know, every time you help someone, you actually up-level the vibration of the world. Even if it's just a small tick, they all add up at the end of the day. And um, it actually, in my opinion, um, as the, the frequency of the whole earth changes, it pushes more people to, to change more quickly, right? Everyone feels it. You know, so thank you for all of that, all that you do. And um, just let people know, like, how can they get a hold of you if they want to be in touch? Do you have a website, um, these projects that you're working on? Is there an email? Like, how, how can people find you and get in touch with you? Absolutely. So uh, website is lee-davy, 
uh, davy.com. Um, I've got a number of retreats and, and that sort of thing that I'm hosting that are coming up. Uh, emails lee at lee-davy.com. Super easy. Um, Instagram is transcend171. Uh, so you can connect with me there. Facebook, uh, you know, all the normal kind of avenues. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'm just, uh, even if it doesn't, you know, quote unquote, go anywhere. I just love having these conversations. So, you know, if, uh, if you're interested, just reach out and let's have a conversation. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. Well, Lee, thank you so much for your time and uh, all that amazing stuff you shared. It was a great conversation. I thoroughly enjoyed it. And again, for those listening in, please connect with Lee, follow him on social media. And if you like this podcast, please share with your friends, hit like, subscribe, whatever you're watching this on. Uh, we'd love to hear more from you. So leave a comment and reach out to us as well. So thank you amazing. so much, brother. And, Thanks so much, Giovanni. Uh, yeah, we'll really appreciate we'll, it. We'll really chat grateful. soon, brother. Yeah. Thanks, Thank man. You. Cheers.